So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reading Entertainment Podcast, episode 336. Or... February 6th, yeah, yeah, February 6th, that's the date, 2022, my name is Nathan Reitenspruth, joining me this week, we have Andrew Roa McVane. It's me again, uh, you can't get rid of me that easily. What, how did we try to get rid of you? You know. Oh, right, right, by saying you had to buy two plane seats, that's it, before the podcast. Uh, and then also joining us this week, we have Cyberpunk. Connor, the cyberpunk monk bash. I'm great at openings. Connor, the cyber Shadowrun. <laughs> and of course, I'm your host, Nathan Reiton Spruth. Uh, we are, we're going to have a fun show today. But first, we need to ask Aroa where we can find him. Uh, you go to the Aroa website. It's a fucking link. You go to the links. Twitch, hey, I've been doing that again. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. It won't last. It It'll last. Lasts. It'll last. Uh, and then we also have the Cyberpunk Monk. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Aroa.website as well. One of those links that I want to bring your attention to is Clinton's Core Classics, a Rise of the Rune Lords actual play first edition podcast. My mission for you, you need to stop whatever you're doing, uh, pull over to the side of the road, Make an iTunes account and go ahead and give Clinton's Core Classic Rise of the Rune Lords a five-star review and just write literally anything. Like, I don't think it actually matters what you write. I think as long as it has text, that's what bumps it up. Yeah, well, and the five stars helps as well. If you put a one yeah. star, um, that's, that's not good. But uh, a five-star review with any text would be fantastic. And also, let's just, let's just cut the butter here. Or I don't know what it means. Uh, basically, cut the butter. <laughs> cut the butter. <laughs> Uh, if if Cutting you the ever, butter with Nathan Reed's brief, <laughs> if you're uh, if you're one of those people that is like a management management position, and you're like, well, I can't give a five star review because nobody gets five, nobody's perfect, so I can only give fours. Uh, go fuck yourself. Um, if you're if you're giving reviews on iTunes or or Spotify, or an Uber uh, drive, then give give the person a five-star, because especially if it's a, a setting where the people are required to meet a certain metric, if you give them a four-star review, that actually looks terrible on them, and they could get fired for it. It's really fucking annoying. So, uh, yeah, don't don't be like that. Don't be the person who says... Oh, you can't be perfect, so I'm going to give a four-star. Uh, anyway, I'm Nathan Reitens Ruth. You can find me everywhere at Reiten. Go to YouTube and find me at Reiten or Reiten Entertainment. Go to Twitch. I stream every Monday through Friday from 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time. That's 9 to midnight Eastern. And uh, that's twitch.tv forward slash Reiten. Go to Twitter. Twitter, it, my handle is Reiten. It's Reiten everywhere. Very common. You can also find me on some of those links on Aroa.website. website. Uh, Connor, what games have you played this week? Well, you see, the thing about that is I played a game called Being on Call this week. Oh, and not again. Boy, well, yeah, people keep on being sick, and I keep... Anyways, um, boy, have I been busy. So I have played one game at Space Station 13. Yep. I played it, like, three hours ago. And that's it. And now you're playing that's, doing that's a podcast. Now I'm going to do a podcast, and then after this I have to go back to editing the other podcast. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Editing podcasts is fun. You'll, you'll be done with that editing in like a year and a half. It'll be fine. In like a year. And then you'll have more editing to do. It's a, it's and, a vicious uh, cycle. And, and you hear it here, folks. If, uh, if Clinton doesn't put his headphones on, or if Reeton keeps on interrupting people, one or the two of them is going to get strangled. And it's going to be an unfortunate accident. I think you live closer to Clinton. I, I, 
I haven't hit that stage where I need to measure it out, but boy, y'all keep on not wearing headphones and talking over each other. At least you can cut, like, because the way it is, you can cut my audio. You can't get rid of the extra background noise as easily. I can cut your audio, but then you're coming through Clinton's almost louder <laughs> than Clinton is. Oh, good. Oh, and good. And it's always like, um, well, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I think part of it will also, at that time, was because I was I was trying to say something, and then it was coming through, and it's always weird hearing yourself again. Very. And so uh, I could see that happening as well. Anyway. Uh, you, you can fix that by taking Nathan's audio and layering it over the top of Clinton's audio and then inverting the phase. Oh, I actually don't know what inverting the phase. I'll, I'll look that up. Yeah, it uh, basically... If you use the the invert effect in Audacity, that mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. Um, and because of the way that sound works, if you play two pieces of audio that are otherwise the same, but one is, has an inverted waveform, they will cancel each other out. That is good to know. I've been using noise reduction, and it works sometimes. Yeah. If uh, yeah. like you have to get it exact, but um. That I could do. You can you you can actually. It's really cool if you take uh, a piece of audio and and have two uh, two channels of it, one in the left ear, one in the right ear, and then you invert one of them and then hold the headphones next to each other. You'll just hear nothing because the the sound waves will physically cancel each other out. It's really really neat. That's. That's cool. Thank you for teaching us today, Aroa. And use me while I Google some things. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking while he Googles some things, Aroa, what games have you played this week? Uh, I've been playing what Connor probably wishes that he's been playing, which is Dying Light Two. Uh, yeah, it's. I saw you drop kick some guys. Yeah, yeah. So you you tried to host me just as you stopped streaming. And unfortunately, that's at eleven o'clock my time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that doesn't really work too great. But it's yeah, it's a fun game. I uh, haven't gotten very far in it. Uh, it the combat is good. Uh, I, it doesn't feel as smooth as in the first Dying Light, but it may just be that it's been a while, and also that. I'm not at max level yet because right. I've looked, I've looked at some of the, uh, some of the abilities in the skill trees and there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pretty, pretty handy quality of life upgrades that, uh, I'm excited to get to. I'm not sure how I feel about the, so in the first game, there were areas that were kind of like puzzle segments where you'd go into like this little instanced area and there'd usually be like platforms you'd have to jump on and stay out of the electric water. Or there's like a couple of rooms where you have to find a key to get in the room or see that there's an air vent you got to climb through, stuff like that. Uh, They have those in this game, but with the added challenge of there being a time limit, because you're infected and for some reason which apparently nobody figured out in the first game uh you if you stand in the light or or just otherwise uv light you don't turn into a zombie for Ah. some reason oh good Um, it's good they figured that out finally yeah i feel like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the terms of the first game, but hey, whatever. Uh, so yeah, you you have to go in and try to complete everything, or find a place in the closed-in area where there is light coming through, or or find a UV light to stand under to refill your your immunity gauge. And I like, see. as you complete those areas, your immunity gauge gets bigger because you get the little items that let 
that that let you enhance your yourself. Like there there are some cool things. I, I'm not far enough into it to be like conclusive on it, but I'm I'm glad that I I'm playing it. I'm I'm having a good time. Good. And and I saw you unlock the dropkick ability. There's another ability that I saw where you can like curb stomp somebody. Have you got that one yet? No, that that wasn't the first game though, and I I have been missing that this entire time because that oh, was yeah. that was something I used constantly in the first game where you just knock over a zombie and then step on their skull. Uh, I do like that, uh, like in the tutorial stories segment thing. Uh, they they just have you fucking murder like six dudes. Like they don't even they don't even play around. They're just like, nope, you're going to kill regular people in this. And I also appreciate that you can kill random innocent civilians that are just hanging out in the city. Well, that's mean. Uh, yeah, I didn't think it would work. Honestly. Oh wow! I just came across this dude who was hanging out, and I was like, I'm gonna kick him. And I kicked him, and I thought it would just do nothing, like in the first game. But then he like fell over. I was like, "Oh, uh oh!" And then he started running away. And I was like, "No, I can't let him call for reinforcements." So I knocked him off the roof, and he died. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "I was just some dude hanging out. Why did I do that?" I um, uh, I remember. Yeah, you're a monster. My my friend Eddie had was playing Dark Souls one. And he like fumbled his controller or accidentally pressed a button and hit the first blacksmith. <laughs> uh, and so he killed the first blacksmith and just kind of screwed himself for the rest of the game. I did that. I did that in Demon Souls. Uh, I realized that you could attack that ghost dude that's sitting in the in the hub area. And I spent like I spent like forty five minutes trying to kill him because I realized that I could. It I, you, I always appreciate that. Did you, end up, sort of did you end up killing him? I think I did. I don't did, remember for sure. It was a very long time ago. Did you play any other games other than Dying Light Two? Um, I'm trying to get back into Shin Megami Tensei 5. I beat the first boss, finally. Which, oh, uh, wow. That took a while. Yeah, yeah I, I was fucking around a lot, I think, because um, I was eight hours of gameplay before I killed the first boss. Uh, and I feel like I probably could have done a long time before that. But uh, doing that made me, like, that was the point where the concept of, like, why people enjoy that series clicked for me. Because it does not feel anything like a normal fight in that game. You actually have to think about what you're doing. Even even that early on, like there was actual challenge and strategy involved in how I was playing things out. And that made me feel way more engaged. So I am looking forward to that. I've been I've been watching slash listening to this dude play through a lot of the older SMT games and it's gotten me way more interested in the series. So. Yeah, those games are definitely they they don't pull punches when it comes to uh to like killing you, basically. Just yeah. being like like sometimes you're losing to a boss in a game and you're like, Oh, this is one of those bosses that I have to die to. Uh and I remember playing one of the SMT games and thinking that, and then it's just like, no. Grind. Yeah, it's figure it out. It's it's not even necessarily that you have to grind either. Like sometimes you do, but like a lot of the time, it's just you didn't strategize for this or didn't know what kind of boss you were getting yourself into. And you're going to have to die once because you have to do reconnaissance and see what he's weak to and all that shit. Yeah, because of just the way that the press turn system works and like it's it's very much in the vein of pokemon where like everything is working off of this rock paper scissors sort of thing but there's it at least it feels like there's so much more depth there and and not like artificial depth like yeah. in the case of of pokemon well where and also the, you know, the hidden yeah. stats and all that well and also um they don't really tell you in shin megami tensei 
like Pokemon, they're like, and this Pokemon is weak to fire. And this Pokemon is weak to lightning. And Shin Megami Tensei, and they're they're just like, yeah, I figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I, I do appreciate that, like, once you hit them a few times with all with different attacks, like it'll tell it'll tell you whenever you go to select the attack, like, mm-hmm. did, what did you forget? Stupid? No, don't do that. Like yeah. he's immune to that. Dummy. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, did you anything else? So Shimagami Tensei, uh, Dying Light Two. Anything else? Uh, nope. Okay, I'm gonna move on to me games i played this week oh what did i play i know i played some mass effect and i started playing mass effect the legendary edition because it was uh it's including game pass so for some reason i still have that game installed someday i'll finish it again uh it's 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 good i've tried to rebeat mass effect one probably 10 times now it's it's a good game. I like it. I'm having fun with it. I don't like Thresher Maws. Uh but I wanted I wanted a game that I knew I could beat this month. So So you chose Mass Effect? Yeah. I can beat Mass Effect in thirty hours. It's a thirty hour game. Yeah, I mean if you if you really hurry you could do it even faster than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a it's not like... a it's not a 50 or 60 hour game. It could be. It's got a that lot was of like a, stuff to do with that game. That was like a like a two and a half, three day finish for me whenever I was younger. Like I just yeah. casually play through all of Mass Effect 1. Yeah, Mass Effect 1, like I looked up time to beat and it's around 30 to 35 hours and that's with doing most of the side stuff. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, none of those games are super long. It, you you probably got some nostalgia going because it definitely feels a lot more grandiose that first time that you play through it. Yeah. Maybe. But so I wanted a game that I could play and beat this month because next month um I'm going to play w- the new WWE game that's coming out because of course I am. And then Is it different? Yeah. I hope so. Like like is it is it good uh, i guess my real question is is it gonna be good uh, like is it gonna be a broken buggy mess again or well they've spent two years working on it this time uh, okay it, and like and, i i was asking because i thought i remembered something like that but i wasn't sure yeah and and there have been some people who have gone and were able to play it and they're like hey it feels good it's way better than what it was in 2k20 and they brought my GM mode back, where you can basically lead your own wrestling organization. You get okay. you get access to one of the shows, and then you're able to compete with the other shows for like ratings and stuff. Um, and then uh, another game I played with Tim Tim, uh, Pokemon. I played Pokemon, and it's uh it's still Pokemon, and it's good. I know a lot of play- people are playing the uh, Arceus. Yeah. And, and that's apparently good. My friend is playing that. I have not, I have not gotten that yet. Maybe, maybe I'll pick that up in a year or two when it's on. It's going gonna, it's gonna to release on PC, right? Uh, right? I would say well, wait until it goes on sale, but it's a Nintendo game. It yeah. might never. Depending on how you want to look at it, it's already on PC. That's true. It is. I I just wonder. <laughs> that's my problem with a lot of the games on the Switch. Is I'm like, man, I wish I could play this on my PC at 60 frames a second. You can, and I can. And <laughs> then, uh, I played some of a game that uh, our good friend Earl gave me. He oh said, yeah, he's gonna he, bring this one up. Yeah, he. I had to bring it up. He sent the gift to me, and he said, "I'll see you on Sunday." And he's not here. And and it's not terrible. Like, I was surprised. Because in his message, he's like, this game has a lot of jank in it. Have fun. I'll see you on Sunday. And I was like, I, I don't know if this is going to be a good game or not. It's probably going to be terrible, but my friend gave it to me. So I'm going to play it. Was that the message that he put in the gift? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I got basically the same message. I haven't really? gotten to play it yet, but this game looks just like a, a Smash TV or a, I made a game with zombies in it. Yeah, and so you guys, you guys know what he what he get put in my gift message? What? It was just the letter A over and over again. <laughs> it was just capital A's. Uh... It just said ah. <laughs> maybe that's to express the feeling of playing the game, uh, or maybe that's maybe. to express his feelings towards you. Yeah. I, I don't know. So without so... Earl being here to defend himself, we I... never know. We'll I already know. knew what it was before he gave it to me, though, because my brother-in-law has been playing it a ton. So, as Connor was saying, it's like Smash TV uh, mixed with Castlevania. And you start out, well, I think you only start out with access to one character who has a whip, and he just whips in one direction, and then you can level that up. He'll whip in two directions. Uh, and you move around killing zombies and and vampires and medusa heads or gorgon heads i apologize and you just it's auto the the weird thing is it's auto attack so you don't control when your attacks attack and that threw me because i thought it was going to be like you know i choose to whip and stuff but no and i played it on friday and i actually had a fair amount of fun with it it wasn't it's not overly complicated and you know the level up system works well enough to get you new weapons and and fight off the hordes of enemies that come at you because you have literally thousands of enemies that come at you and uh i was like i got done playing it and i was like i wonder how much that actually cost because it wasn't terrible especially for the price that i paid which was nothing uh and i looked and it's only three dollars yeah. So, you know, it's worth three bucks and it's in Definitely. early access. And they up, like I, I played it on Friday and then I looked and there was an update on Saturday that added a new character and achievements. So, okay. so it's still in development, too. Yeah. So far, still in development. It's not not a great game. Not going to win any awards, but it's, for three dollars, it's a pretty good game. So Vampire Survivors. Uh, pick it up on Steam. It's fun. It's, it's fun. Oh, and it, it all it always starts in a window. You cannot make it full screen or borderless full screen. It's always in a window, and you have to maximize the window. Yeah, and did you try like Alt Enter? I did not try Alt Enter. I'm gonna try it right now. Okay, Aroa is gonna test. It. I don't want to test it in case it'll break my recording. Alt enter works. Alt enter works. Okay, interesting. Yep. Inter. I don't want it full screen, really, but that's that's cool that that works. Anyway, why is there streamer safe music? I don't. I turned it off, and nothing changes. <laughs> I'll experiment with that. Yeah, like I. If you're playing, it's just gonna rickroll me. That would be amazing, but no, I I turned off the streamer safe music thing. And it did not change the music at all. So maybe a future, because there are, are, you unlock new levels as you go on. And maybe one of the later levels has like copywritten music. But that I seems no strange idea. for a $3 game. I'm sure they yeah. got the license to whatever the song in question is. Oh, I'm sure. I'm positive. Or I just thought maybe Wait. you turn it off. I just thought maybe you turned it off and it was just somebody like singing the F word over and over again or the <laughs> N word. It was just, it just started playing Joe Rogan podcasts that got removed from Spotify. Anyway. Oh, interesting. It's a, it's an embedded web browser. The, it, it, the, the game, game, the game runs inside of a, of a Chromium instance. That's weird. So it's a browser based game. Technically. Yeah. Ah, that's weird. I did notice a little bit of slowdown uh, when there would be like, you know, 200 enemies on screen, but nothing, nothing serious because it'll run on a potato because it's it. It has the graphical styles of like uh, NES game, maybe a little bit of more better than an NES game. But yeah, basically an NES game. 
anyway yeah it uses uh uses swift shader which is a cpu based implementation of the vulcan graphics api from google oh it runs on vulcan at least so that's good yeah star citizen's been struggling to get vulcan in their game for like four years now <laughs> And I desperately, desperately want them to, to switch over to Vulcan so that I can actually run the game at more than 40 frames a second. We're going to move on, and we're going to talk about some stories. Biggest story we're going to start off with this week. Uh, Sony has uh, they, they've one-upped Microsoft. They have not one-upped Microsoft. But they're buying Bungie for $3.6 billion. Yeah, Bungie. that's a thing you could do. Yeah, sure. But they're basically just buying Destiny and Destiny Two at this point. Yep. Yeah. So, is that worth three point six billion dollars? Apparently, no. I I wouldn't no. think so. I yeah, I don't think so. But like they do. It, yeah, apparently good for them. But I, they they also have what other IPs do they have? They have Marathon, and Oni, and Oni. Do, do they Maybe. have anything else? I don't know. I don't know if they actually own that or not. Uh, I hear they also they also have this little game called Halo. They have the rights to that, right? No. Oh, okay. No, they don't. Microsoft owns the rights to that, obviously. So, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Activision Blizzard being purchased by Microsoft, and now we have Sony buying Bungie. I'm. So, uh, I wonder if there are any companies who what oh. what is nintendo gonna buy tune in next uh, week when nintendo buys zynga <laughs> i was thinking <laughs> atlas or something but i, I was thinking that, that sony would have bought like square enix or that's atlas what, that's what i was thinking i was like okay if, if you know i could see sony purchasing square enix or yeah atlas something like that but not really Bungie, but they must like, really like, want that destiny. Like, especially spending something that they were going to spend like multi billions of dollars on. Like, you you're thinking like a Capcom, or like, you know that that rumor that was going around that they were planning on buying a bunch of Konami's underused properties. Yeah, like Castlevania. You, Castlevania, Silent Hill, any of that shit. And instead they like I I guess the the underlying stuff might have been there because uh I remember that the PS4 controller was actually specifically designed around Destiny. Oh, was it? Um they consulted with uh bungie on designing the uh controller and most specifically the triggers because they knew that the ps3 controller that was like its worst feature was that the triggers were designed like a fucking moron you would your um, fingers would slip off the r2 button it, yeah yeah like it was the worst <laughs> concept for doing triggers like the ps2's pressure sensitive shoulder buttons were more effective than the ps3's mushroom head triggers so yeah they but they consulted with bungie on on the design of the controller and specifically the the triggers so oh, good like i guess there was some kind of working relationship there to begin with it's just it seems really strange that bungie it seems really strange to me that Bungie would want to sell to Sony at that. That, like, after the time that they spent under Microsoft's boot, under Activision's boot, and then they they finally get enough momentum where they can just do everything on their own and they own a franchise. It's a huge franchise that people are paying millions upon millions of dollars for. And then they go and sell themselves to Sony. Now, like, Roma, I do understand that's a very valid point, and I do have one counterpoint. 
and by one counterpoint, I mean to say I have 3.6 billion counterpoints. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's true. Like, it, it still kind of, I guess, I guess I'm probably romanticizing Bungie a bit because I remember whenever they were a younger company, like, they they had a lot of the same feel as like what people attributed to younger uh, days with Blizzard. They just, they felt like a group of guys who were just making really cool stuff. And I guess it's not really fair to do that because at the end of the day, they are obviously a multi-billion dollar development studio. And yep, $3.6 billion to be precise. <laughs> and they, uh, they needed to do what was best for them. Yeah, which apparently was selling off to Sony. And I wonder if the next Destiny game is going to be uh, only on Sony consoles. I cannot. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Like, like there were people who were like, oh, is Destiny 2 going to be taken off of Xbox? No, you idiot. That's no. not how games work. No, no, no. Um, they'll continue. If anything, they'll they'll keep go the into servers your house up. And break the fucking disc. They'll do it. <laughs> if anything, they would just make Destiny Three exclusive to Sony. Yeah, but I also, I also feel like that would just be a stupid move. It would honestly. be because, yeah. like, they they'd be losing way too many players, uh, and they'd lose a ton of it, of income from that. And like it, with the way that Sony has been doing things with putting a lot of their previously exclusive titles on PC, I would not be surprised if they, they just kind of maintained status quo with what Bungie's doing and really just wanted to maybe get the talent slash uh, the tech that Bungie is working with. Yeah. Anyway, so Bungie has been purchased by Sony for $3.6 billion, which is good for, good for Bungie. I wish I had $3.6 billion. And we're going to move on and finally some more good news, not for me, but for players of World of Warcraft. Finally, they're going to let Alliance and Horde players do raids together. Yeah, this was a fucking long time coming. I always thought uh, it was I always thought it was weird in any MMO. Uh and and World of Warcraft was well it wasn't the first one cuz there were uh D Dark Age of Camelot also did a similar thing where there were different factions and you couldn't intermingle with those factions other than like PVP stuff. And I always thought that was stupid. Like I understand that the alliance and the horde are are separate. Like they're they're, you know, uh, I think in storyline they're all fighting each other and and ha in some war in some war, but you they're can't crafting even war across the world. Yeah, <laughs> but they can't even talk to each other. At least well, so back in the day, there, they couldn't. There, there's there are still reasons for that. Like, yeah, they're stupid. Well, yes, but also, like, it's supposed to be that uh, people in the Horde versus the Alliance speak different languages, uh, and that's yeah, how they means keck. And that's <laughs> how they portray it in like the in-game chat. If you slash s, it, you, you know, just speak out in the open, then people of the opposite faction won't be able to understand you. Uh, the problem is that uh, ever since, well, shit, you, you could even go back to the Lich King uh, yeah. and, and note that like the Alliance and the Horde have worked together multiple times already. It, it has happened numerous times. Uh, the entirety of Legion uh, was that. Then um, Battle for Azeroth, the previous expansion, uh, that was like the fucking moral of the entire expansion was, hey, guys, why the fuck are we fighting still? This is really dumb. And yeah. like you spend in a, a huge portion of the campaign working cross faction 
but just only with the big important characters and not individually. Like instead they added a war mode feature in that expansion so that you could do world PVP without being on a PVP server. Mm. There were ways that they could have done this years upon years upon years ago. Because it's been out for what, 18 years now? And and the reason I mention all this is is not because like like they couldn't have done it uh, or in the, and that they were saying they couldn't have done it. It wasn't that. It was that people were were complaining that it didn't make any sense plot wise. Like it doesn't make sense in universe. Why are Horde and Alliance people working together? And the answer is like they've done that so many fucking times already. It doesn't mean anything. I. I think that they could have done it a couple different ways. One way I would have done it, uh, when you know, either with an expansion like, like the Lich King, is if you complete the expansion, then it opens up the ability to like speak and group up with people of the opposite, so Horde or Alliance. Uh, another way is Star Wars Galaxies actually had a feature where you could speak like if you're a Wookiee, you would speak the Wookiee speak. I don't know what it's called. Um, and, and people could learn how to speak Wookiee and then talk to you. Like That's they probably had to... the best way to do it in a role-playing game. Yeah. yeah. Like, there were ways that they could have done it either through storyline progression or just learning how to speak like not you don't even need to be able to group up but like i always just thought it was silly that they couldn't even speak to each other but yeah you can in the like instanced chat so Mm. like if you spoke in trade chat or in world chat it all worked but like characters speaking to each other or slash yell or whatever that was all uh and 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 i do know there are uh, there are other reasons for it i know that if you're an alliance character and you're able to speak to a horde character, they could make it so that, like, if you were in a guild that was fighting another guild, you could re- you could be a spy and relay information back to the, the horde guild, right? That... Yeah, you could do that without yeah. cross action you know I mean? stuff. Yeah, I have yeah, te- I You have, just, you can I just have use Discord. Yeah. Or Skype, or MSN Messenger, or... Like, you're right, Nathan. You could very well do that, but for a fraction of the effort, you could just make a tune and have them stand out in a field, if that's your priority. (laughs) That's true. In which case, let me be the first to say you're a fucking loser. Yeah. (laughs) But... I'm paying $15 an hour to do espionage. An hour? An not an hour, a, a month, whatever. Wow, God, those, way... those wild prices have increased. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, so th- there are ways that they could have done. It. I'm happy that they're able to do it now. Uh, it, it. I also, you have to remember that I came from, you know, Final Fantasy games, Final Fantasy 11, even Final Fantasy 14. Uh, you can talk to everybody. It doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, and yeah they just... they have it built into the story that like everyone's friends anyway so yeah and then star wars the old republic has the same issue that wow does where you can't really group up with people of the opposite the opposite side whether you're sith or or what rebels whatever they're called i don't know that's weird i thought the old republic's problem was it didn't have a player base that too and and also their their uh free to play is awful but anyway we're gonna it's like move the on. game. It's, it isn't. It's, it's, it's an MMO. So yeah, it's not great. And it also definitely for the could... record, I'm really happy about this. Just to put it out there. Oh, it's even like though I'm... you don't play the game anymore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know I'm gonna have to go back to it at some point, uh, and I'm glad that I can do it while playing as a uh, goblin That's instead good. of having to be uh, an alliance. Whatever character. I was in alliance. I think it was a, yes, I was a wolf. As a worgen. Oh right, because they added new. Uh, they've they've added a couple new races since the last time I played, a month and a half after the game released. Yeah, uh, yeah. There are werewolves. There have been werewolves for a few years now. Uh, what happened to the pandas? That's what I would play. No, it's still around. They're oh, okay. they're actually a cross faction race. They're oh, the only yeah. one. Oh, I was good. Thinking about this when you were talking about it. Uh, I I 
played and then stopped playing throughout the duration of Burning Crusade. And even that had cross-faction stuff. Go to Shathra City. I'm not sure if that's even a place anymore. But it was cross-faction. And oh, depending on if you are Sindori or Taldor, you could do, like, their faction-specific stuff. But they were all mixed. Like, your, your allies, the people you'd be going around, like, poisoning soups and stuff for, they could be allies if you were Horde. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they still do that. Uh, the Legion City D- Dalaran? Dalaran is set up in kind of the same way. Have all the cheese? Yes. Uh, yeah. Dalaran cheese? Yeah. I, the, sure. if, you ha- if you didn't play a lot of World of Warcraft, that's not going to make sense, but it's something that drops a lot is Dalaran cheese. I see. Uh, you know what does not drop is Starlink pricing. Huh? Huh? Uh, no, seriously, this is stupid. So Starlink... Uh, we all just know like that segue. That segue. I just dropped a segue, and it was a bad one. A bad one. It was. I was saying it was bad. Okay. That segue. So, <laughs> that was the joke. So Starlink, uh, seemed neat. It 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 still seems kind of neat, except for you can't really do what you should be able to do with it right now, which I think is hook it up to an RV and just drive and have internet wherever you want. Which is yeah. what I think, but from what everything I'm I'm seen online is it only works within like a small radius of where your house is until they build out the well, infrastructure. They yeah, they probably don't. They only have like like ten satellites up there right now. No, they have like they keep accidentally hitting them into the moon. That's true. Yeah, that because the moon's so close. That's that's the <laughs> anyway. They uh. They do have a lot of satellites up, but they don't have the what I would like, where you could you could drive and just set it up anywhere. Like not for me, but for other people, like they could go camping and have internet if they needed it out there or something. They still don't have that available. And from what I also see is that transferring your service to another place is hard. Uh, you can't always. Like if you're moving or you're trying to give it to a relative, uh, changing the service address is a bitch. So it's 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 annoying. Uh, but the speeds are and the and the latency isn't terrible. Uh, I'm sure they still need to work on, uh, you know the the percentage of time that it's up, the uptivity time or whatever. And I because I've seen it has quite a few drops. Did she just call it up? Activity time. Activity time, yes. <laughs> That's the official word for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. There is a there is an email that I have in a folder called Uptivity uh for my work. I don't know why. And so I always just Maybe like it's a piece of software. Ah, that, that could be it. So anyway, the uptime is not great. But anyway, it runs at like, you know, a hundred megs a second and has you know, anywhere from 25 to 50 milliseconds of, of latency if it's on a good day. But apparently that's not fast enough. And what, what you pay right now, you pay $500 for the installation. You pay $500 for the dish, and then it's $100 a month for the internet. And that, I think, is a bit high but reasonable, especially if... They're able to get it to where I want it to be, where you could just throw it in somewhere, take it with you, and know that you're going to have internet service wherever you go. So they're introducing a new premium tier of Starlink. Oh. And And so it begins. The pricing goes from $100 a month to $500 a month. What? Yeah. Starlink Premium will cost $500 a month and give you 500 megabits per second internet with 20 to 40 milliseconds of latency. What? Uh, the yeah, that's, original... that's good for me because I work and live on an oil rig and I need to play <laughs> my Madden. Uh, the, the normal Starlink, the, the base plan is 50 to 250 megabits per second uh, with 
20 to 40 seconds of or 20 to 40 milliseconds 20 of latency. 40 seconds. Ooh, ooh. Um, Using that latency. You can catch those bits with a net. The upload speed on the normal plan is 10 to 20 megabits per second, and the premium plan is 20 to 40 megabits per second. So, okay, it's $500 a month. Probably the same installation fee. Incorrect, everybody. It is $2,500 for the antenna and other hardware. Well, the antenna is a premium antenna. It's bigger. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not what? joking. Oh, okay. I, I, it's stupid is what it is. It's really stupid. Yeah. That's a the, lot of money. The, yeah. uh, the new premium antenna is larger than the normal one and supposedly helps ensure bandwidth for critical operations, even during times of peak network usage, you know, with the like 10 other people who have the service in your area. So here's another thing I would like to say is, uh, don't get the premium plan. If you're going to get Starlink, get the base plan. It's fun. like a hundred. It says here you're going to get anywhere from 50 to 250 uh, megabits per second with about 20 to 40 seconds of latency. And I'm, I, I am one of the people who, if I lived in an area with that AT&T 10 or 5 gig internet, I would buy it for $200 a month. So I'm because I'm yeah, insane. But that's also like that's worth that money. It is the twenty five hundred dollars for the install and five hundred dollars a month is not worth it for five hundred megs a second. No. Uh, and Starlink at its base price is worth it, especially if you live in a remote area. If you're getting a hundred megs a second for a hundred bucks a month, and you're in an area where that's your best option available, that that's great. But I, five hundred dollars a month. That's that's a lot more of money. than a that's more than a car payment. That's more than I pay on my house every month. It's a lot of money. So it would you'd need to be in pretty dire straits. Like you need to be somewhere incredibly isolated, and you capital N need that kind of bandwidth. Yeah. The one thing I really do like about Starlink is they're. They they mark it as a uh, as a benefit. Uh, they get really hot, apparently, so hot in fact that it will melt snow when it lands on it. So they're like, oh, it 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 actually heats up, so that it won't damage heart. But no, really, it just gets really hot because of the way that the satellite works, or way that the the dish works, and so cats are now laying on the dishes. <laughs> And they're like, oh, it's really warm. And my my girlfriend's cat, uh, I don't have Starlink, but I'll turn on the heater in the living room, and she'll just lay down right next to the heater. It's <laughs> like, ah, oh, this is where I want to be. So cats definitely do that. And I thought that was hilarious. But uh, they also have, to to go to your earlier point, they have 2,000 satellites as of mid-January. And they they say Starlink has launched 2,000 satellites as of mid mid January with around 1,500 in operational orbit. The current system is authorized for up to 4.4 4, 4, I think they messed up 4,000 4,400 satellites. They put four comma four zero oh I'm sorry 4,408 satellites around triple the current number. My brain, I can't read today. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what's up. I must be foggy headed. Let's go. Four thousand four hundred eight. Must be uh, around triple the current number. So if you're interested in premium tier, don't. This is yeah, from just don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, it, it's it's neat. Like, would e would either of you decide to get Starlink? It'd have to be really dire situations. I, I would. It'd have to be where I would need it. I would need to be like on the top of a mountain in Tennessee, or something of that kind of situation where there's just nothing else. There is a town by me that is very small, and all of the towns around here have the same access to the same internet, 
there's only there's basically only one provider uh unless you're going to go with like CenturyLink. And that one town is the only town in the middle of everything else that doesn't have access to that other internet, to the, the to the internet that I use. And so that's the only way I could see myself getting Starlink is if I lived in that small town, which I would never live in that small town. And that's the only, the only way I could think about if I were getting it or if I was, maybe if I was traveling a lot for work and like hadn't had like a, a van I was staying in. I don't know. Cause I know a lot of people will do contract jobs, especially electricians where they'll just like have their own little RV and they'll drive and work at a place for like three or four months and then drive to another town and work at that place for another three or four months. And kind of like the dream, isn't it? I mean, that would be cool. Right. I but love that. other people might uh, like those people might benefit from something like this. Yeah. But, uh, I don't think, you know, we're pretty much like work at home and we're always at home. <laughs> Uh, except for, uh, I guess, I guess Connor goes on to, uh, on site to, I, I don't know. You punch sick people, sick people. Is that what you do? When, when somebody like, you know, if somebody gets promoted or something and they don't trade in their laptop or if they change departments or whatever, they send me in and I punch their buns. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm the IT enforcer. Oh, okay. That's why I have to be on site. Oh, I see. But yeah, I, I don't go on site, so whatever. We're going to talk about the last one, and this one is, uh, I was going to say a long time coming, but not really. It's only been a couple of years. Uh, Google Stadia is now being deprioritized to what's called Google Stream, which is a white-label service. And reading through this article, it looks like uh, Batman Arkham Knight was released on an AT&T thing? For, g- give me a second. I gotta. I gotta find it uh, oh, in this yeah. article. A T and T. Oh yeah. Uh, AT and T released a cloud version of Arkham Knight that was secretly powered by Google Stadia. And I don't know where it was released, but apparently it was released exclusively for AT&T wireless customers. Experience Batman Arkham Knight for the first time ever. Play for free with beta streaming on your computer. No downloads or waiting. Available for a limited time. To play Batman Arkham Knight, please use Google Chrome or another Chromium-based web browser. Interesting. So, yeah, Arkham Knight was put uh, was put on AT&T, hosted by Google Stadia, and it looks like they're pivoting from having Google Stadia do that to have Google Stadia basically power other versions of games. And what this reminds me of is those awful ports that have been launching on the Switch recently. Uh, oh, the the things like what... Uh, Kingdom Hearts. What? Yeah, what Kingdom Hearts does, uh, is doing, uh, what Fantasy Star Online 2 is oh, really? also doing. Yeah, um, the the version on Switch is the quote unquote cloud version. So you can actually, if you have a Japanese uh, account on your Switch, you can go in and download the client. Uh, but if you try to play that shit, uh, it's awful because all the cloud servers are in Japan. That is that is amazing. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and talk about. I was reading about Final Fantasy XI. And back in the day, the there was a boss called Absolute Virtue, and the devs were like, "Oh, I don't know why you guys can't beat it. We can beat it." And they would like, you know, release videos and show the the devs beating this incredibly difficult boss. And they're like, "You just need to find out what the trick was, the or or you know, their this boss's weakness." And it turns out that all the servers are in Japan. <laughs> And there was a thing that you could do to stop him, stop the boss from using like a uh, meteor or whatever his, his very powerful move was. He had a bunch of them. Uh, you had to, you, you could do it, but you had to have really good reaction time. 
and it was physically impossible to have the reaction time in North America. Just because of the latency. Because of the latency, yeah. Um, but anyway, what happened with Kingdom Hearts or the Fantasy Star Online 2, I think there are a couple other games that I can't quite remember. Uh, I think Hitman. Hitman's another one that are being released on the Switch, and they are their cloud versions of the game. And so it's pretty terrible. The, the service that they've been using is not Google Stadia. It is another, it's another company who I guess they go to companies like uh, the people who made Hitman or Kingdom Hearts, and they're like, hey, we can port this to the Switch uh, using our cloud service stuff. And they're like, okay. And then it runs awful. It runs terribly. So hopefully, uh, Google Stadia, uh, when they do this, it'll work a lot better. I would imagine it would, because Stadia is... I think Stadia is pretty okay. I know it's not when, great. When I played Destiny on it, it was responsive enough. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't play PvP over it, but uh, playing just normal PvE content was actually surprisingly doable. Yeah. And they can do up to like 4K with Google Stadia and stuff. So hopefully, uh, if they do take on this, obviously you've got to start playing. You have AT&T now, so you have to play Batman Arkham Knight using Google Stadia. Uh, no, you have to have an AT&T postpaid account. Do you have? Why do you not have an AT&T postpaid account? No, it's for wireless customers only. I mean. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And you're not. Yeah, fuck that. I had AT&T for a while. Uh, and they're awful, and they charge way too much money. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, I think that this is interesting, but do you think it's going to save Stadia? I don't. Uh, I mean, it, it'll save Google the money that they invested into the Stadia concept. I'm yeah. sure it'll make their money back. Uh, eventually. Yeah. It says- if... Because there, like the, there are plenty of service providers that would love to be able to be like, hey, well, AT and T in particular, like them doing this, doing the quote unquote beta, uh, streaming platform test thing, like it, it's not a beta test, uh, like for the production of the the streaming service. It's them going, are people going to? enjoy this and be interested in it enough for us to give Google a bunch of licensing money so that we can provide these games as part of some subscription service on AT&T. Yeah. Like, and I I could see uh, Verizon and any number of other, like I can even see like some kind of stupid gaming focused wireless service that is yet another T-Mobile reseller that's like played all the hit games over streaming with our blazing fast 5g internet. Like I I could see any of any number of things happening by reselling this service, all of which would probably be both a better value than Stadia and also would just be easier for Google overall because they don't have to sit there hoping that people pay for it. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe they'll start doing things that that other company has been doing. I don't know which one or what the company name is, but I wonder if they're going to start doing that where they port, port games like over to the Switch. Because we could look at it this way. Would we rather have the Outer Worlds uh, that, we, that got released on the Switch or would you rather a cloud version of the Outer Worlds? Because the Outer Worlds was pretty bad. I mean, uh, in or, my opinion, I don't think that putting cloud-based games on the Switch makes any fucking sense. It doesn't, because the I, whole yeah, idea yeah. is that it needs to be portable. Yeah. yeah. You, you know where this would have made sense? Is if the Vita had been released just a little bit later so that it had 5G connectivity. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, 4G. Um, it does say besides AT&T, there's a report that reveals three more potential Google Stream customers, Peloton, Peloton, uh, Capcom, and Bungie. 
Uh, Peloton mm. is a smart fitness equipment manufacturer. That's why I never heard about them. Not for long. Uh -huh. Oh, you don't know about Peloton? No. Like, uh, they're, they're, I swear they blinked and they became super popular. And then, like, I guess somebody's baby got crushed by one or something oh, like that. Oh, I think we talked about that. Yeah. We did. We, yeah. talk, we talked about that. And we talked about the commercial that made them popular. The commercial where the dude was like, here you go, honey. For Christmas, I got you a bike. Now stop being so damn fat, chunky. And then <laughs> she she rode the bike all year long and was like, thank you, honey. Now I'll have the ass that you always wished I would have. And then everyone was like, Peloton is evil sexist. But damn, that bike is nice, isn't it? And Interesting. So, yeah. And then like i don't know a year or two ago then that stupid baby was like i'm gonna shove my head out of the turn out well, of the treadmill and then well, died we we need to we need to talk about this though apparently now they're gonna get bought peloton's they, gonna get bought yeah, by yeah, like they, amazon or nike or something but they released a game you have to play what they actually launched a game in stadia called in closed beta last july it's a musical rhythm game uh, that's a musical oh, rhythm biking no. game called Lane Break. <laughs> so apparently, you have to do that. You have to play it because it's a musical rhythm game. Pedal to the but high score. Is it is it exclusive to Peloton bikes? Uh, it's a musical rhythm game called Lane Break. That's all I know. <laughs> all I know about it. Oh, I see. Just that. like yeah. a Tron light cycle, but. You're the cycle. Yeah. That's what uh, it better be anyways. Capcom is reportedly considering using Google's Stadia technology to launch a demo site for new titles. Which sounds like a great use of the game streaming service. And also, uh, games... Nope, nothing on uh, Bungie. Oh, Bungie's inclusion on the list uh, raises a lot of questions. This is all from Ars Technica. The company's Destiny 2 is probably the flagship Google Stadia game. It was one of the first games on the platform, and it's free to play. Uh, Bungie uh, was just the subject of a blockbuster that we talked about earlier, the $3.6 billion acquisition by Sony. Um, and nobody knows if the company will continue with previous plans. Uh, if they're in writing, they definitely will. If those plans were written down and signed by two companies, uh, I'm 99% I'm sure that those plans will continue to happen. Uh, just like Deathloop did uh, for Microsoft when they bought uh, when they bought that one company, Bethesda. Yes, because the the company like Microsoft did not want to uh, either screw up the deal or go to court because they refused to honor that agreement. So I can guarantee you that if those companies had anything written down, if Google and and Bungie had anything written down. Uh, those plans are definitely going to happen. That way they don't Which, go to court. Like, I, I would not be surprised if Destiny was like the only game anyone actually played on Stadia at this point. It's kind of like uh, Homefront on, on Live, where like they didn't have Call of Duty, but damn, did they have Homefront. Oh, man. I still have an On Live somewhere. Like the console. Uh, I bet that a steam link has more potential than that thing it does i actually i was like there's got to be something i can do with this like install <laughs> emulate like it was a couple of years ago and nothing has been updated since oh there's but, no way there's but no, what, that thing probably runs like a single core like at a gigahertz i was i was i was maybe to nes games something anything <laughs> And no, no development has been done on that thing because nobody had one. The only reason I had one, because I had a friend who went to PAX and they just gave them out. They're like, here, have fucking... What to do with these here? I gave blood once and they gave me 10 of them. It was weird. Uh, <laughs> they were just offloading them. They make great paperweights. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I have an on-live console. And... I, bet if you, I bet if you like like melted it down and into just like the gold on on some of the connections it would be worth more than what the thing is as, as it is yeah definitely De definitely is i also have an ouya somewhere so uh there's my 
There's my bad mistakes that I've made over a decade ago. Anyway, uh, Google Stadia, I don't, I, I don't see it doing. Do we have any numbers on how many people are using Google Stadia? I would be surprised if Google has ever really released anything. At least, maybe they did like initially, but there's like no way that we have anything up to date. They're like, we have we have a hundred thousand users on our first day. And then the second day, and they're like, we have 30,000 viewers, <laughs> yeah. players on our second day. Like, and what what sucks is, like, you can't even, you can't do, like, like in a lot of games, uh, where if they're, like, on a particular platform, they're, they're just tied to that platform. Destiny, yeah. like, you can see everybody on there, so... There's no way, because I, I was going to initially say you could maybe like try to play Destiny and see how long the queue time is in PvP, but uh... yeah, but you can't really do that. Like at least with Steam, uh, you know, and specific games, you can say how many people you know have how many people are logged in at specific time, or like peak concurrent users uh, per game, but you can't really do that with a platform like stadia if they hide the numbers they hide the numbers yeah and the the only thing is maybe i don't know how it works because you would imagine if there's still going to be a limited amount of hardware on stadia in the back end so if everyone's playing destiny at the same time they've got to make concessions somewhere and i'm just curious what those concessions are Unless, mm. yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm sure that they they had enough hardware. Like, they they had enough hardware bought where they'd be able to hold a certain capacity of players, and they would just introduce like queue times or something if mm. they were to get overloaded. I'm just willing to bet that that has not even come close to ever happening. Yeah, they just have. They have a bunch of unused hardware is what they have. I bet they do. I, yeah. bet, I bet they have a ton of NVIDIA cards just kind of sitting on a on a blade stack somewhere and nothing's happening with them. They're, they're just sitting they're, there taking up space. They're mining when they're or not they're being mining used Ethereum with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do. <laughs> can we can we buy, buy a fucking... can we can we buy a Stadia account to mine Ethereum? <laughs> anyway i i think we're done with the podcast for the day um we're gonna we're gonna leave and we'll be back next week talking about more video game and tech news thank you for being here aroa and and cyberpunk monk Ooh. no problem yep yeah. hey uh hey uh i forgot i forgot <laughs> eloquently done <laughs>